Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks from New Jersey podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. Pete, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're we're jumping right in. There was no pre-pro nothing. Uh, like warm up. We don't we're just in it to win it. Here we are. In Search of Tracks <laughs> podcast. Follow us on social media at TracksPod on Instagram and Twitter and send us those wonderful emails to TracksPod at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Five-star reviews on iTunes and your podcast dispenser of choice, whatever that is. Only five-star reviews. Anything less <laughs> would be uncivilized. Um, <clears throat> That's a fact. How the hell are you, Bob? Man, I am... Uh, um, what is it? It's called like uh, mixed metaphors kind of thing, but really I think it's just wrong mouth. Uh, my significant other is sometimes fond of saying she's at her last wits end rope straw. Um, I'm not. <laughs> Does that there. happen often? No. Well, you know, yeah. it's. I don't know. Um, but for me, I have been on go mode. So I think about this with phones. When's the last time your phone was just off? Um, I've been trying to actually like cut the cord in certain respects because I'm totally phone addicted. So I I, know, I, yeah. I, I did that recently. Did but, you actually but shut under it norm- off or just put it away? No, I actually shut it off. But okay, under, so, so under normal go. circumstances, like it's been like years probably. Same, 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 same. Uh, and I feel like the uh, bread with uh, the butter that's been spread too thin across bread um, the phone that has never been shut off. Like, I don't know that I've ever, I mean, I have, but only to like reset it or do something stupid. Yeah. It runs um, out of batteries. It's not, you right. know, not yeah, something but, you decide to happen. You just keep that thing charged up. It's like, no, I'm not sure. So that's where I'm at. I'm good though. Otherwise um, I'll save some of my uh, other stories for, for future episodes, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. I have not had, uh, my local bakery opened back up, which is great. Very happy. Okay. They finished their, their break. They they do a winter break. That's been done. Um, they're slowly getting their shelves fully stocked again, which is nice. Like, you know, it's sort of like uh, when they first opened up, there weren't all the treats I wanted. Um, Real I, quick, I might need call to put back. In special, yeah, go ahead. Call back from, from uh, previous episodes. Is this the same bakery that had the crawlers that... Did no. Not. Okay. People love the Cruller story. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of feedback on that one. Me too. Me too. I, I want to just let people know. Um, the Cruller story is like that weird romantic, like uh, like romantic comedy or just like drama, I guess, where at the end you expect them to get back together and they don't. Yep. And it's sort of like, I all right. I'm the the dude where it was like, hey, things were rocky, things were rocky, and then we split up, and you thought I was gonna get back together, but then the movie is me going to the the park. I'm walking through the park, and <laughs> I see the Kreller, and she's kind of by the playground, and and I see her, and then I see a kid run over to the Kreller, <laughs> and. And then I see the new dude run over to the crawler too. So it's like they have their own little crawler family and I, I'm not there, but it's okay. 
because the Kreller isn't the Kreller I wanted anymore, you know? Yeah, so, you've moved on. Uh, I've moved on. There's still the pang, though, you know? When you see the baby Kreller run over from the swing to that Kreller that used to be my love, it's... Sure. It still hurts. There's still a hurt there, but... Um, yeah, but no, it goes I'm, away I'm in time. In time. I, I, well, you, you know? know, maybe someday there'll be another Kreller that reaches the spot. I, I can't, you know, I've had my binges. I've had my like uh swing and singles crawler hits nothing's really <laughs> you know a couple flings nothing's even stuck it's kind of like uh like i'm on the donut dating apps and and nothing nothing's i've had a couple one night stands but that's it sure nothing yeah. even to write home about like i wouldn't even bring it up on snacking commentary here so damn um, i do appreciate the well wishes and if anyone has any suggestions for good crullers um french crawler chocolate frosting only i don't want any of this silly vanilla frosting or uh wacky stuff no thank you um holler at your boy uh, i'm in new york city often i can go to philly for 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 treats for sure i can go philly suburbs shout out to yum yum donuts very good donuts um uh, Peter Pan makes a decent crawler in in the city. Um, Got to get there early, you know. Yeah, it's I, too I popular know. now, man. Spider Man fucked that shit popular. up. Spider Man really did fuck that shit up. Um, but you know, like the thing is, for me, when I'm in the city, typically, typically, I'm not there bright and early. If I am, if I am, yo, I I know the good. Like, look, I'm not a donut expert. But I know where to get a good donut. And like I can tell you, if you get out of Penn Station, I can tell you where to go get a good donut. There's a couple carts that have really good donuts, especially if they're you're there early enough in the morning. Um, there's a couple carts I'd avoid. Um, there's a couple spots I'd go to. But we'll have some more donut combo. So the crullers are, are still on the, the fringes. I uh, know the bakery is... This is my uh, pumpkin pie bakery. Okay, got so. it. Yeah, we we have two new bakeries in my neighborhood, so I'm going to investigate for you, and I'll I'll, I'll get I'll get back. Two. I'll let you know. Yeah, one in Middletown, one in uh, okay. Atlantic Islands. I went to a very good bakery, um, sort of Middletown. What was it called? It's uh, you know, the fancy shops on 35. Yep. The shops or whatever. It's across from there. I went to it. It's good. Um, oh, I know what you're but, talking about. I don't you know, know what it's spot called. I'm talking about. Yeah, good, uh, good, like scones and stuff. There, I had uh, a couple really good like things. It was worth. Um, purportedly supposed to have very good cookies too. So, um, shout out to good bakeries. And I'm very curious about this one in Atlantic Highlands. Atlantic Highlands seems prepped for a uh, prepped, primed, whatever. It seems ready for a it's good ready. bakery. Yeah, it's ready. It's all we need. <sighs> Pete, have you eaten anything delicious since I am in lament? I uh, I have actually. Um, are you a fan of um, Zaps Voodoo Chips? I am loosely. I was actually thinking about them uh, today, which is weird that you bring them up. Okay, lots of flavor, but they're really good, yep. right? I was at the Wawa near my house. They have Zaps Voodoo pretzels. So I picked them up. How were they? Wow. So I've had two bags now. One was great. One was like too much flavor. So like, I'm not sure because the first bag, like 
I guess there was like way more powder on the second bag I got. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a bit too much. Like it was still good, but you have like a few of them and you're, you're kind of done with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the yeah, first yeah. bag I like, I, I, I went right through it pretty quick. So like, would you, if you had those two bags simultaneously, do you think if you commingled the bags, you would have a perfect balance? I think that could have worked. So maybe the moving forward, I just buy two bags at a time. Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, I'm saying if you if you're invested, you do like pretzels. I'm invested. I like pretzels a lot. Yeah, yeah, you do. I, I think it's worth trying at least once. Um, All right. I want to give a quick shout out to two to two dear friends of mine and yours, uh, Dave and Andy, um, who uh, some time ago introduced me to what has become my go to quick chip bag which is uh fritos honey barbecue flavor twists oh okay i had kind of not avoided but these were they're they're pretty popular they're they're kind of anywhere you go with chips they'll have a bag of these pretty much and i was like huh and we were on a trip together and they're like no those are good so i got them and i was like oh these are good oh i'm a big fan of these actually i just looked them up yeah right they're yeah they're great they're, they're great great so um shout out to them I, i've been meaning to privately thank them both because i've i've uh been in a situation where i've been eating a lot of on the go food and quick stuff uh which i can get into at another time but um these chips have been a go-to for me so shout out to these chips you, you're talking about those zap uh uh, uh chips pretzels rather um is reminded me that's what I was I was looking for these in the place I was at didn't have them but they did have those chips and they also had some wrap snacks I was like oh this is the weirdest little mart they also didn't have Drake's cakes <laughs> and like it was just I was very confused I I literally was walking around a mart for like three minutes going through all the aisles just in a weird daze uh, today so. Have you had the Fritos flavor or uh, flavor twists queso flavored? No, but I would try them now. I would I just try did them a search and those came up. I've never even seen these. Okay, let's let's see what the flavor twists are about, uh, guys. We are going to talk about music today, I promise. <laughs> but um, sometimes you got to follow a hole. All right, so it looks like there's a twist ranch, a twist queso, a twist cheddar. The honey barbecue is definitely the hit. It's definitely let's the see hit. This. Um, Queso I gotta looks try cool. The, I'll try it for sure. I would try the queso. All right, and I'm looking here. What else do they have? So the honey barbecue, chili. No, that's not. They don't have those. I thought I saw a ranch. Oh, they have a nice. cheddar ranch that was discontinued. Okay. Yeah, the flavor barbecue or the flavor twists. I think they keep. They keep yeah, it real think, for the most part. I think they. I think. I think the honey barbecue are the the maybe the lone survivors. Yeah, uh, we we could probably pull some pull some people in here who who know more. But the queso ones, I'm fascinated by. Okay, shout out uh, snack corner, um, Pete. What are we talking about today? <laughs> We're going to be talking about um, Redman. Um, we did an album of his for the It Came from New Jersey podcast, which was the podcast that predated Tracks Pod and. We covered that album then, but we didn't have any 10-star ratings. We didn't have, uh, you know, 
the 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 whole method by which we rate these things hadn't really been ironed out. So M-E-T-H-O-D, man. Yep. Yeah. If you're a uh, if you're a regular listener, you've heard us do these before, where we kind of revisit older episodes and and talk through it again quickly, and then we uh, tack on the original episode at the end for you if you haven't heard it. Yeah, uh, so that's what we're I, doing today. I hope people do give this one a chance because I think this I think this album actually deserves more time and attention than it gets. Um, let, let's do this revisit the way we typically do. Have you revisited this record outside of for our revisit episode? I'm going to be honest. I have not. I have not either. However, when I put it on for kind of prepping for this episode, I was like, this is a good record. This is really good. It's really good. It's really good. Um, I have some very specific thoughts about it, but I want to say this. Pete, I enjoy rap. (laughs) That sounds like the worst. I enjoy (laughs) rap. Um, No, I like rap. I think I'm at my full carrying capacity for music. Yeah. And it bums me out because... I have friends who are deep into hip hop and rap and who frequently and maybe less frequently now because I just I don't make the bandwidth to to invest in it and sit with it, but have made me mixes and gone, yo, check this, check this playlist out. It's good. You'll like some of the stuff. And when I have, I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is, you know, it kind of gets me bopping through in the same way. For a lot of the reasons I go to music, it can give me something to put on to 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 push me through my day basically mm-hmm. um but i just don't go to it enough and it feels the way i think I, I from what i get for people who i talk to about music some some people who feel the same way about any kind of subgenre of music it's like some of the stuff i hear i like some of it i don't like much but there's such a wealth and dearth of it that I go to what I know and don't go back. Um, yeah. And don't, don't dig around. So that's kind of how I feel. So I feel like weird and guilty even talking about it without trying to be fully transparent, which is what I think we did on our Redman episode. You know, I think we're pretty clear about any of that stuff. Um, our, our holes or blind spots, you know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, it's just given that as context for this conversation. No, I feel that I, I, I feel similarly in the way that, and I think I might even be repeating myself. I don't know what I said on that episode, but like, I always kind of skim the surface with hip hop. I feel like, you know, I got into Wu-Tang Clan. I listened to all the like solo Wu-Tang albums. You know, I got into Public Enemy. I got into like all the names, you know, I don't think I ever like dug too deep into it. Mm-hmm. But I liked all that stuff. And for some reason, Redman just missed me. And I feel like had it got me at the same time that like Wu-Tang got me, you know, when I was 15, 16, whatever, mm-hmm. it would have been one of those albums that I still go back to just like I go back to like Ghostface albums, you know, and uh, it's just not because I just wasn't there at that time for whatever reason. So um, that's kind of a bummer because it has like that darker feel there's like a lot of horror like murder references and i was really into like the darker kind of side of of hip-hop yep um so yeah it was like totally in my lane and i just missed it so um 
it was cool to listen to it for this episode. Um, and I listened to it again, just leading up to today and it's really good. I just like, kind of to your point, I don't know how to put it in that like shelf of things that I reach back for because it's just like not top of mind for me for some reason. No, I, I, this one, honestly, when I listen to it again, it, it, it kind of hits, um, and there's parts of it that were instantly memorable and came, came right back from our previous listens. I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, yo, this record feels classic in so many ways. And I know it is because we got feedback on it. It, it has a classic feel. Now I also want to say it feels of a time and place. It really feels early nineties, you know, um, for sure. And I wonder often, um, to me in the best possible way, you know, people who've listened to us even for a couple episodes have seen, like, we certainly have a fondness for music of the nineties. Um, and this hits. I think this is a really, really good record. Uh, doesn't get name-checked enough. Doesn't get cited enough. I believe it does have some influence, but I'm not familiar enough to say how far. But I, I will say I don't see Redman get name-checked the way... I don't see Redman get name-checked with frequency, but the people who do name-check put huge reverence on, on his name. You know what I mean? Yep. They go, yo, this is the dude who should have been. Like, this is one of those records that really should be right there in the canon. And uh, it's kind of fascinating the reasons it doesn't, blah, 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 all those things. But I really enjoyed going back to it. Thought it was great. Um, you said it right. Has kind of that darkness, has some grit, which is part of what I love about the early 90s, kind of the harder-edged rap stuff I, I it just has a grit and by the way i wonder what someone who listens to like post post kanye hip-hop thinks of some of this stuff because it's just this is like crust punk <laughs> you know <laughs> in terms of production and feel it's just grimy and it's got so much personality um, and that's not to say that modern hip hop doesn't. It, it certainly has a lot of personality, but in production, it's it's two different worlds, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to your earlier point, our dude Al, that was our special guest on this episode, um, oh. was was one of those dudes. Like, like this record was totally formative for him. He still does his own hip hop, um, does his own music and stuff. So, like, you know, and it was all kind of sourced back to him. He was like, he was born in New Jersey. Um, Red Band was formative for him. So like I'll actually put links to his stuff in uh in this oh, episode because he was he was great on this episode. We need to get him on another episode, actually. Yeah, he was really great, actually. So um I hope everybody gets a chance to tune in because I feel like he contributed so much to the episode. Uh he kind of guided us along. I also hope people sit with this record. I think it's fun. If you're in the mood for if you listen to us and hear us talk about all the goddamn guitar music all day, every day, um, <laughs> give this one a spin because it really does give you something else. And if you like kind of the harder edged music, I think this is a good place to be. Um, so uh, let's 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 go through our arbitrary rating system. Let's rate this uh, bad boy because we haven't. Uh, Redman, what holistic quality is this? A good record out of twenty, Pete? I gave it a fourteen. Yes, it's a good record. 
I gave it a 13. All right. Highs. How good are the best parts of this? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 7 too. Man, sometimes we're on the frequency. I, we, we, we're doing a, behind the curtains. We're doing a few records today. We are not. I'm so fascinated by the by one and seeing how how on the frequency or not on the frequency we are. Um, I know. Lows. How low are the worst parts of this record? So it suffers from that 90s bloat, um, yep. which everyone was a victim, regardless of who you were, what genre it was. Um, I'll say that crazy, completely crazy. How universal nineties bullet was totally universal. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, there's a few tracks I would cut. Um, I will say that like the hip hop thing that they do where it's like, you know, the little vignettes in between songs, there's not as much of that on this record, which I appreciate, but it's still, uh, there's some, there's some tracks that just could have been cut. So I give it a four. I gave it a four. Yeah. <laughs> um, competency, peer review out of 10. How does this stack up against peers? Uh, you know, honestly, hard one for me. I think in terms of flow, in terms of style, in terms of just how in your face this is, it's right up there. I just think it's in the mix in a time frame where there was a lot of really iconic stuff. Uh, it's a six out of 10 for me. Okay. I gave it an eight. Similar okay. reasons. Drag factor out of 10. Um, how, how does this record trail along for you? To me, it, it hit some drag. The hits hit, but there's also nineties bloat and that hurts this record a lot. It's a four out of 10 for me. Same reasons. I give it a six, though. Flow out of ten. Uh, seven out of ten. I think it flows really well. I think from track to track it moves, and I think though there isn't maybe a like quote unquote overarching theme. I think the whole album does move along in a consistent way. Seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely flows really well despite some tracks being uh, weaker than others, but. Yes. I gave it an eight. Yeah. Aesthetic. How does the record look, etc. out of 10? Um, I'm kind of impartial. I kind of sort of like the cover and the artwork, but don't really love it. Um, so I'm just kind of on the fence. I gave it a five. I gave it a three. I don't really like the cover. Uh, it's It's not... It's sort of it's funny. Um, does not feel iconic to me as someone who is coming to it from the outside. Someone who loves the record might be like, "Oh, it's iconic." As those things tend to happen, I don't love the photo. I don't love the images. I think you could have done something really cool, and some records uh, of this time really did, and this one doesn't. So it's a three out of ten for me. Cool. Um, impact and influence out of ten. Pete, just not able to give a fully formed concept but from my purview as i said frequency of reference and citing don't hear it i think this dude was redman was more influential and this record was more influential than people give it credit but i don't hear people name check it like i think they should i give it a six out of ten yeah i gave it a four similar reasons i mean like i think it was really influential 
influential at a time, probably. Um, I feel like that time has passed, but I could totally just not have my finger on the pulse of what's happening. But that's my guess. And the intangible, et cetera. How do you feel about this? The things you can't quite quantify. Um, I have a warmness for this. The New Jersey element, the early yes, 90s. There's this strength to it. It's Honestly, I, I think in the first few tracks, there's just some rhythms that will stick with you. And uh, man, really made getting some errands done uh, a more enjoyable experience the other day. So shout out to Redman. Uh, I gave this a, <laughs> uh, a, a 6 out of 10. I gave it a 7. Yeah, I feel warm towards this one. Yeah, so I came in at a 57 out of 100 which I think feels a little lower than I would have said, but I, I stand by my answers and, you know, overall feel right. Cool. I'm at a 62, so I'm just about there. I feel comfortable with that. All right. Well, so without any further ado, I hope everybody enjoys our original episode. Bye. From the land of the lost, I'ma hit you with the funk force that make you run your rap style back to the crack style, brother. This strike a pose like Madonna. My mom's picked me out because I did what I want. The original beat funk, chomp up a trunk of funk in your skull caps. Cause my jaw snaps with the raw rap. So color me bad, plus color me black. Uh, the funk that I pack, uh, yeah, freaking to the funk track. The funky fly stuff. Come on and let me kick the funky fly stuff. Just to show you where the hell I come from, I get done with the one, one, two. Check my raps on my hip when I have sex. Hey everybody, this is It Came From New Jersey Podcast, um, your uh, weekly podcast where we talk about an album from New Jersey, and uh, I am here with Bob. Hey, what's up? Hi, Bob. And uh, today we have a special guest. Um, We have Al. Al, what's up? Peace, peace. How y'all doing? Today we're going to be talking about Redman, um, his album, What? The Album. Um, And, you know... I had never really heard this album, to be quite honest, but we got a lot of requests for it from listeners. So, you know, I'm hoping that everyone that listens is going to enjoy. But, you know, kind of a little peek behind the curtain, you know, when we decide to talk about an album, sometimes if I don't know too much about it, I'll hit up a friend, you know, that might, you know, that I think might know a little bit more about what we're talking about just to get, you know, their feel on it and, you know, what they know. And uh, so I hit up my friend Al and, you know, I was like, yo, tell me about the first Redman album. And he was like, I can tell you a lot about the first Redman album because he's one of my favorites. So I thought, you know, one of the things I've wanted to do was to get more guests on the show. And I thought, what a good place to start than uh, getting my buddy Al on here. So he's here today. I met him probably 10, 11 years ago, something like that. Um, When we were both living in the city, we actually went to grad school together. Um, we spent a lot of time at bars. Um, I think we talked, I would say we probably talked about music and politics. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Music, politics and women. 50, 50, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Maybe, maybe 40% politics, 40% music, 20% Uh, girls. Let's say that. Yeah. 
in our disdain for for um for hipsters. Right, exactly. Yeah, which was <laughs> ironic because you know you and I were sitting at a table together. So, um, but that being said, yeah, Al, welcome to the episode. We're, we're psyched. We're psyched to have you. Yeah, you'll so please. I think let's kick this off just by saying, let's kick this off just by uh, kind of going around the table and everyone yeah. can give their, you know, kind of like, how'd you get introduced to Red Man in general or, or his album? Bob, you want to kick it off? Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, so this record, Pete, I went into it thinking a lot like you. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't think this is the Red Man stuff I know. But then I put it on and I was like, oh, wait, I, I remember this. I remember this. I remember this. Mm-hmm. So this is a record that I didn't own, but a really good friend of mine in high school owned it and we would listen to it all the time in his car. So um, big shout out to my buddy Rob. <laughs> but uh, but this was a record that it was sort of it's sort of funny because it wasn't it was never something I owned. So I never sat with it like I did for this episode. But when I put it on, I was like, oh, it's sort of familiar. So this is the first time I've probably listened to it in like, man, it'll sound crazy, but like 20 years. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got a lot to say about it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that this is uh, a record on our list because, uh, spoiler, I, I, I'm a pretty big fan. So, nice. <laughs> so Al, what, what about you? When was the first time you heard it? What's your experience? Yo, man, I mean... Um like the first time I heard Redman was on this EP and D track called The Headbanger. Um, that that came out like ninety two or, or something like that. Yep. I was like nine years old. Yep. And like, you know, like a um but it was like at the time, like it definitely stood out to me because you know, he had certain lines in there like make it go ah, ah, like cerebral palsy and all of that. But like um that's what I mainly remember being a kid, because that's some a lot of shit was dominating. You had um, you were in between two Naughty by Nature albums. Um, you had um, uh, shit from the Juice soundtrack pop in and DOS effects. So it was like a lot of stuff going on. But um, I first saw the video for um, uh, what's that joint called? Um, uh, Tonight's the Night. I first saw that video um, about like the like almost six months after the album came out, like early 93 and i thought it was so dope it was black and white it was in the snow it was rugged and dirty and everything yeah i mean i thought it was dope but i didn't actually own the album myself until about like 11th grade year of high school like you know many years later you know what i'm saying like um and i and i think i might have had it on cassette tape and i remember just bumping it non-stop just remembering all the songs and um you know like things coming back you know what i mean because it was i was nine years old when it initially came out you know yeah. al you know i think that's kind of one of the things that we're we're vibing on here even when this was just a record that you heard it's almost instantly memorable there's a lot of mm-hmm. parts to this i don't know that every hit every track is a hit but like there's stuff on this record that it's just like instantly memorable and you remember it. doesn't matter if it's been a couple years or a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Redman leaves an impression, yo, even, even when he was doing um, guest appearances in that era, like you just remember the shit that he's, you know, he, he always has these lines that jump out and grab you, you know what I mean? And um, he was so dynamic as an artist and especially on this album, he really displayed that, you know? 
Yeah, and, and, and he had that ill EPMD production going on behind him. And, like, EPMD was, like, on fire back then, you know? Yeah. So, Pete, what was your first – this was your first exposure, or did you have something hidden underneath the surface? Yeah, so this whole thing made me feel like a total poser because I <laughs> had, like – like, I know, you know – yeah. I know a lot about music, but then like I just have these total blind spots. This is like a blind spot for me. So I knew I knew Red Man just from like I don't know, like random tracks he did in like the early two thousands with like Eminem from like the Nutty Professor soundtrack and shit. You know, sure. like I knew I knew <laughs> of him, but like I never actually listened to a whole Red Man album. I think my brother had um which one was it? Doc's the name, two thousand, I think oh, the album's yeah. called. Um, yeah, my brother had that, but I never really listened to it. Um, cause I was the older brother and I definitely didn't listen to my, what my little brother was listening to, you know? <laughs> um, so I was, I was really, I was coming in fresh with this. This is the first time I heard it really. None of the songs I had any recollection of ever hearing before. I'm sure, I'm sure I'd like been in rooms where it had been playing before, but just kind of didn't register with me, you know? So I was, I was, you know, a newcomer really to this one. Before we go any further, Al, you brought up the Juice soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that being in 92, what a big year that was. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of times, <clears throat> you know, me and Pete do a lot of stuff. We do a lot of different music stuff. We've talked different, a lot of, you know, rock music type things. And in the 90s, there's these soundtracks that were big deals. And it's kind of hard to explain mm. to people unless you yeah. are kind of a certain age and you know it. But like, there's all these soundtracks. People talk about the Crow soundtrack. There's a couple other ones I'm forgetting right now. The Juice soundtrack might be more important and bigger than any of those. Mm, I remember yeah. this was <laughs> – this shows – I think I'm just a couple years older than you guys. But <laughs> this was on um, – do you guys remember the like – Columbia House, you can send in like a nickel yes. and oh, yeah. get and like 14 a, CDs or something, yeah, right? Right, right. Like a penny. And, then and you, you were signing up for a subscription. Yeah, but it was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this this was on my list. I didn't get it. I did get the Blackstreet CD. I did get the Ace of Bass CD, but I did not get this, even though it was on my list. Um, and I'm looking at the lineup. And it's such a reminder of, of like what an explosion hip hop mm-hmm. was right there. Like mm-hmm. rap and hip hop just exploded and took over. And this is like this funny sampling. You got Naughty by Nature, Eric B and mm-hmm. Rakim, mm-hmm. uh, MC Pooh, Big Daddy Kane, Too Short, EPMD, yeah. like Grand Pooba. Yeah, like so. So this, like, we should talk about this, like, because I think Redman's part of this. In this mm-hmm. time frame, everything was exploding. And uh, I mean, I think Redman might get kind of lost in the mix mm-hmm. now when people talk about this era. I could be wrong, but I don't mm-hmm. hear people talk about him. And when I listen to this record, I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. I think people should probably talk about this dude more. Yeah. Yeah, man. When I listened to it, I was uh, just looking, uh, you know, looking at albums that came out that year. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a huge year for hip hop. It seems like Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. The Chronic, mm-hmm. Arrested Development, Three Years, mm-hmm. Gangstar, Daily Operation, mm-hmm. Far Side. You know, like oh there's so God. many big yeah. albums. Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um, yep. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, then that w- that's what made me think to myself: like, 
well, maybe there's a reason I overlooked this one because I had all these other albums. I just didn't, you know, I never got to Redman, I guess. But yeah, I, I, Bob, I definitely agree. It seems, I mean, I'm not super deep in the hip hop world. Um, may, right. uh, maybe you can shine a light, but like, <laughs> it seems like he gets overlooked a little bit Yo, at this point. I mean, like at that time when that album had dropped, like um, there was so much going on. Even he says himself that like on the, on his own team that he was down with, the hit squad, they he was even lost in the shuffle of that. Cause like at the same time, because you know, just for a little background, Red Man, like personally, and you guys are right, like when people talk about the top five rappers, the top ten rappers, they always forget Red Man, right? No one ever ever says Red Man, but then let somebody list their top five or top ten and then say, yo, where do you put Red Man though? And then they'll be like, oh, shit, you know what? Come to think of it, he should be up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's always his afterthought, but as yeah. soon as, like, people, like, hear him, they're like, oh, shit, like, yo, like, that's right. Like, this motherfucker was nasty. He needs to be there. Like, him and, like, Buster Rhymes were these, really, like, really dope dynamic rappers. And, and like, even though, like, when you think of that era, there's a lot of shit that came out at that era and everything. Um... Like cats mm-hmm. like Redman, cats like Buster Rhymes, their style, and even though they had a lot more longevity than a lot of people that came out in that era, their style in that time captured that time so perfectly. Because like the ramen style at that time on the East Coast was really dynamic, really like boom pow, like you know what I mean? And like that's how and Redman was, because Redman had like crazy wordplay. Redman, um, you know, Redman was like untouchable, like with the flow. He was always in pocket. He was really good at songwriting, could write hooks, illic concepts. He was funny. He knew how to bring characters into the shit. But the wild thing is, is that like Redman um initially because yo he came in with lords of the underground do y'all know lords of the underground you know you know that song doom 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 one chief rocker i know the name yeah 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 Yeah, one chief rocker number one yeah i know a few tracks but i I don't go deep yeah yeah Yeah. well they're from they're from jersey also so he came up with them so he came up with them he was um he was their dj and like they went to um like a show where um epmd was and I guess they got on an open mic or something like that. And he was just the DJ yeah. dude. And somehow, it by chance, he ends up rapping. And EPMD was like, yo, we want him, you know? And so, um, and EPMD at that time was like a big group. It, they were like, kind of like, um, I want to say if it, um, who's who's a new rap group or, or like like rappers that y'all know now, like Migos or whatever? Yeah, anyway, you guys are yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so so like <laughs> No, but no, I mean I'm trying to I was trying to I mean EPMD yeah. were big, they mattered, and it's hard to like I was trying to think of I think Migos is a good comparison yeah, of, for more modern, that, but yeah, like we, it's yeah. hard because it's different now, right? Yeah, exactly. So so it's like EPMD was out and they and they kinda had like all the they by that time that they meet him, they had like two or three albums out. They meet him. And, you know, and he, to him, he was like a fan, a super fan of theirs. 
joins their crew at that time they're forming the hit squad which today became the death squad but at this time it was the hit squad and then on the hit squad you had um red man you had das effects who like had the iggy 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 style that everybody started like taking afterwards and you had um uh k solo who um who uh had a style where like he would like spell out how he rhymed and it's funny because dmx on his uh, first single, Get At Me Dog, this is K-Solo. He claims that K-Solo stole that style from him when they were locked up together. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so, you know, wow, they had okay. these guys. And it was ill because, like, everybody was kind of like, nobody was from, like, a borough. Every, except for one of the guys from Das Effects. Everybody was from, like, the surrounding area, like Long Island, which was where EPMD and K-Solo are from. Um, New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, one of the, and I think that was a big thing too, because New Jersey and Long Island and uh, Westchester County were like in the hip hop world when in, in the beginnings was always overlooked and shit. But there was this talent just bubbling on the outskirts. But not only were they um, influenced by the culture coming out of the boroughs, they were also um, inf- like they 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 had car culture, similar to like the West Coast. You know what I mean. So the production was a big deal for them. You know. So Redman actually made knew how knew how to produce and make beats because a lot of DJs back then also made beats. And um, yeah, man, like so much shit was out at that time, man. Like that summer, you had Das Effects with their style that everybody was taking and running with on the East Coast with the Iggy Iggy style. You had um you had freaking Brand Nubian, um, which was like a big hit on the East Coast at that time. Um and they were very deep into like um like the five percent nation and everything. During this time you got like the Rodney King riots going on and everybody's like looking at what's coming out of the West Coast with um Snoop and Dre and Ice Cube coming out. And I think that really influenced the sound because EPMD had already had this kind of like funk type sound, like like uh, like Parliament and everything, um, kind of samples in their music, Zap, things like that. And that's the type of shit that like the West Coast would end up sampling. And a lot of that, from my theory, I think beliefs come from like that car culture. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, like mm. we got trains and public transportation on the East Coast, but like more so than the boroughs in Long Island, Jersey, Westchester, you got this, you still got car culture intermingled with that. You know what I'm saying? So the production, um, yeah, the production, EPMD was already ahead of the game with the production, but, um, uh, but when the West Coast came out, you know, like this sound was like, the best comparison you could have to that, you know what I mean? And Redman was deep in the crates with those same kinds of samples. Like, and a lot of it, like you could tell on this album, he has like a, he's very influenced by what's going on around him. Like I can tell that he's very influenced by Tribe Called Quest, Ice Cube, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. Public Enemy. Like there's a lot of these elements um, of influence this going into this album. Just to put a pin in the uh, 
the sound you were talking about, you know, like, like mixing it a certain way. One of the things that I thought about when I was listening to it was just that it aged really well, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't really sound aged to me at all, you know, in, no. terms, of, in terms of the sound. I was like, I was actually listening to it in my car and, uh, and I was like, this sounds fucking awesome, you know? Oh, yeah. yo, you know what? I might push back on that. I, I actually, I mean, I think quality wise, yeah, it sounds like it could have been done yesterday, right? Like, yeah. The, the tone of it is perfect. It's it's bright, the sound. And it's funny because I, I was like, I was connecting the dots. I was listening to EPMD, Business as Usual. And I was like, yo, the difference in the production, like the sound quality. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking from, quality. Not yeah, yeah, from what like to, to Business as Usual. Like, I couldn't believe, I was like, oh yeah, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Sound in terms of sort of what he's doing it does sound different than now but i kind of want to talk about that later because because i think what i'm excited al i want you to tell me more talk more about this like because one of the things i think one of the strongest points of this whole record are the beats the parts he's sampling what he's pulling from i think you're totally right i think there's a lot of that kind of influence of the stuff that's going on but it also seems clear that this dude like he's got a good background and music or whatever they were pulling mm-hmm. together they were just pulling these cool kind of like it's it's eclectic but there's a lot of focus on funk and just catching these mm-hmm. moments and uh i don't know there's just a lot of energy on like a few of these tracks i think rated r what's the other one that i was just like just jumps out at me blow your mind like some of these songs mm-hmm. just like jump off the page and i'm like man because he's got a great flow but the music itself underneath the beat is is mm-hmm. awesome. So so tell me more about what you were thinking about all that stuff. Yeah, man, like the beats, like they were very like they just hit. Like y'all hit the nail on the head. Like the way those beats bump, it's just the production is so lovely. And then um at the same time, it's like he has the he matches it with the right kind of energy. And like I said, this is like the type of shit that they were like bumping out in the West Coast, right? Like these types of um, production and, and 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 what they would sample from. But it's like he himself is such an East Coast artist that it's like, you know, I, I I don't I don't know how else to put it. It's just like it was just like the perfect marriage, you know what I mean? Because um, he's just bouncing all over it, you know what I mean? And then um. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah and, and Rated R, like, sometimes the concepts he does brings it out even more. Like, Rated R, where he's, like, going in and, like, talking about, like, you know, killing all these, like, horror flick people and shit. You know, he's yep. actually going through Rated <laughs> R movies and shit. But the yes. beats, man, like, it's kind of, it's got this kind of, like, dark thing to it, you know? And at the yep. same time, he's talking about a lot of horror flicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it just um, he's got it what's the, Michael Myers, uh, Jason, Norman Bates. That's right, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he gets everything in there. I really yeah. like the dark vibe of it. I mean, like yeah. it's 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 like this perfect marriage because it it feels like a party record. Like it feels like an album you can like put on at a party and just play the whole thing mm-hmm. like front to back. But at the yeah. same time, there's like this underlying like dark tone over the whole thing, you know? Yeah, man. It's and, cool. rated, and rated R, the, 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 that song in particular, like that's like a James Brown sample. Like I've heard many yep. people use that same like loop, but it's like, or that same break, pardon me. But it's like, it's, 
he just makes it sound like like dark because of the because yeah. of the way he gets into the concepts and the character that he come, he turns into depending on the song you know what i mean and i think um that does something to the production as well you know what i'm saying yeah well, you used a word early on that that i hadn't hadn't hit my head when i was listening and thinking about this record and you said dynamic mm-hmm. and and that's really like <clears throat> i want to talk about we talked a little bit about the music. I want to talk about Redman's flow and the way he moves through these songs and also mm-hmm. just his voice. Cause, cause yeah. I think he's very East coast. His voice is very East coast and he's kind of mm-hmm. got that gravel and he's got grit. And it's, if, if he didn't do what he does and I'm going to get to that, mm-hmm. you could almost say this dude has a flat voice, like a monotone. Exactly. But he yeah. has so much personality. He does so yeah. much with that. And he goes so mm-hmm. and and then when you throw in one his his wordplay, two mm-hmm. his concepts, and three, he's he's going full at with harsh harsh vocals, harsh words, right to it, but also it's so clever. So like that over this kind of bright energetic music like pete was saying pete you used the right term you could put this on at a party and mm-hmm. people are gonna bounce people are gonna feel it and like you know kind of bob their head to it but if you're listening you're like oh damn there's a lot going on here and and i think that's where i i didn't put together the idea of how much he could be feeling some of the west coast stuff or how much that's vibing across but i think that's total because i was wondering i'm thinking mm-hmm. about that i'm like you know a lot of the more east coast stuff i'm familiar with doesn't have that same kind of kind of energy that glow that this record does and it felt like the perfect middle point yeah. of those two things right yeah 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 exactly um i would say this like um like uh like you know i was just thinking of this line like where he was like um i snapped the neck of my eyes and i freaked it because he was it was august and he was talking that trick-or-treat shit like um yeah i, I don't know why <laughs> that, that, that kind of wordplay just jumps out to me you know what i mean like the thing is um um, at that time, I mean, like, yo, on the East Coast, the competition was thick, but the marriage of production and, and, and flow and the way that he did it, like, period, East or West Coast, like, you didn't really, like, have that like that. And not only that, but, like, talking specifically about, like, rappers that were coming out of New Jersey, particularly out of, like, Newark and everything, like, a lot of rappers from that era out of Jersey were very, very dynamic flow kind of rappers. Like, um, like you had like, uh, but from different ranges, not necessarily similar. Like I, like I mentioned, um, uh, Lords of the Underground, uh, Chief Rocker and yeah. all of that, like, you know, or Poor Righteous Teachers or, um, uh, even Queen Latifah or Rod Digger, um, Nikki D and, mm-hmm. um, Apache Apache had an album out that year um that was just fire as well all these rappers that um double x posse was another one um and mm-hmm. all these rappers that were out around this same time right they kind of like they 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 had like this kind of bounce to their flow or like just this kind of energy you know what i mean like they they didn't just come monotone they didn't come regular you know even though many of them were inspired by um eric being rakim i think only maybe yz which was like a very uh five percent um type of rapper and um no not even yz but son son um 
King's son, who's from Patterson, New Jersey, he was like the only dude that had like a laid back flow. Every other rapper right. I um I would hear out of Jersey um from that era did not have a laid back flow. They had they they were very like in your face. They were very yeah. like the attitude was very much there in um yeah. in, in their rom style. And it was like, I'm letting you know right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, and maybe it was because like these people were out and competing with each other. Like that was just how it was, like in ciphers, maybe. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that like the dynamics was it you you unique to him, but he but he had his own twist to it. And all of the people from from uh, North Jersey or even Trenton, where um, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers is from, like all these people had like these kind of like dynamic kind of um, kind of flows, man. Like and yeah and, and, and what do you think? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry for interrupting. I was gonna say, what do you think? Like, because I the stuff I know, everything you said, I was like, yep, yep, yep. That totally tracks. That makes sense. What do you think led to that? Because I'm thinking in my head that there's almost this jump in the early '90s, and and you know it might be more regional than other where there was more personality being put and more personal inflection in the flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't so much about, let me be crisp. Let me hit these words and enunciate. It was like, I'm going to do me. I'm going to say it the way I would say it. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's going to dribble out of my mouth and bounce. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to bring it back. And sometimes I'm going to enunciate and bring it in yeah. and, and show more flair. And like, that's like that's a part that I, I think it's low rated mm-hmm. as being something that influenced so far out of the genre. It influenced hip hop rap everywhere, but I think it also influenced like I think you start to see that more in rock music, in pop music, where people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, I don't need to hit my my pitch. Yeah. Personality can be really important here too. Yeah, exactly. And and today it's like all personality, right? <laughs> It's all personality, and I think oh, and all, it's, it's the hinge. Yeah, it's like yeah. all that matters. Yeah, I mean the truth is that it goes in cycles because, like, in the early stages of hip hop, like, you know, like um, the seventies, mid to late seventies, going into the early eighties, like, it was a lot of personality, right? Because it was most a lot of it was yeah. live, a lot of it was live. Like even right. um, um, majority of the tapes being passed around, it was all like. It, a lot of like cold crush tapes and and um and treacherous three and all of that a lot of these joints were live and a lot of these things were taken from routines that were live so there was a lot of personality at that time but then you start moving into like the mid to late 80s like you get to about like 86 when um eric b and rakim come out with check out my melody and eric b's for president um you know they kind of like mm-hmm slow it down they kind of like want you to hear yeah every word the enunciation was stressed you know what i mean and then um and then you had a slew of rappers coming out like that like big daddy kane and you know um slick rick and you know all these um cool g rap and you know so the whole region is, is being influenced by these by these rappers in the from 86 beyond that are just like really getting the wordplay down and really getting the metaphors down and 
getting down the punchlines and everything, not just like, you know, like like yeah. um, two years ago, a friend of mine, you went from that to um to like, yo, um uh, shit, I'm trying to think of like a rock hymn line. But you know, like you but you know, it, it just got more complex, you know what I'm saying? Like you went from that to yeah, I can say yeah. I used to stand on a block selling cooked up rock, money busting out my socks, so I really would clock like that's cool G rap. Like then yeah. now people are like fitting more syllables into what they're doing. And in a, about four years of that, after about four years of that, and people get comfortable with their lyricism, with their wordplay, with yeah. all of this shit, you know what I mean? Then they bring back like a lot, because a lot of these people that's growing up, like Red Man, if you think about it, he's born in like 1970, 71. So it's like, he had to have been 16 when Eric B. and Rakim came out. Very impressionable age. You know what I'm saying? And then by the yep. time this album is dropping, he's about like 22. You know what I'm saying? So by that time... That's one of the things I was thinking about. Is he's 22 yeah. doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. So by that time, he spent his elementary to middle school years studying the rappers that were about dynamics, that were about showmanship, and all of that. That's his first introduction to hip-hop. Then um, he's in high school, right? And fucking like he's studying Cool G Rap, Eric B and Rock Kim, Slick Rick, you know, um, Sir I Boo. Like um, he's studying Big Daddy Kane. He's studying all these guys and how they're blending the personality into lyricism. But these guys were more serious. You know what I mean? They were, they were more serious with the flow yeah. and a little bit more yeah. monotone in some cases. Right. And so now, and you know, and this is his impressionable age and he's perfecting his style because if, if he has already been engaging with hip hop by this time, you know what I'm saying? And then now here he is 22. He's a student of the game. You know what I'm saying? He's, and then, and then he combines everything he learned from his childhood to his um, impressionable years and threw that into this album. You're right. And so it's kind of, that's, we're getting a kind of melting pot for that whole era where they're learning from the, the people who were right before them. And I think we see this everywhere, but it's so interesting. I, I think you see it in sports, you see it in movies, you see it yeah. in music all across the board, arts, arts, anything, you know, everything is art in this way, but it's like, oh, we see what they were doing. We, we like it. We came up on it. Maybe we dive back a little further, but how can we put our spin on it? And how do we make ourselves stand out and, and make this me, not me doing them? Yeah. For me, like so many rap albums that are hip hop albums that I'm familiar with are like, so like, you know, serious and like, it's like, 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 you know, like hard, like they're like tough albums, you know, they have like a, like a serious vibe to them. This one, I mean, the thing that made it so listenable for me is like, he has like the sense of humor shines through so much. Like he really does have his own kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just doesn't take himself that seriously. It seems like he's obviously got the skills, like the mm-hmm. flow is there, the beats are there, but like, he's like busting his own chops, like throughout the whole album, you know, mm-hmm. like he really like does not seem to give a fuck. Like what mm-hmm. people think of go out him or what he's doing. He's just like, it's, yeah, it's full like yeah. his personality. Like my, I think my favorite moment on the whole record is, uh, I think it's uh, tonight's the night 
where like oh, yeah. like you know 20, 20 seconds in like there's like like the needle scratches you know it's like yo what yep. is this funky shit you know and yo, like then he just yo, goes right yo, back yo, into yeah. it awesome. yeah that's um that's a hurricane g um she's um um a- she's actually um this another rapper afro puerto rican rapper but like um yeah so he goes into it and he's talking like all this smooth shit like you know about like yeah is, yeah right action and everything <laughs> And in Hurricane, the record stops right. like, yo, man, fuck all that punk smooth shit, man. Get with that rough shit. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. At that time, like the, the ill shit about that time was that like, you know, up until about 1996, hip hop was all about rebelling against being mainstream. You know what I mean? You had cats like Naughty mm. by Nature was going double, triple platinum and talking about fuck the mainstream. Like we're we're hardcore underground rappers same thing with das effects straight from the sewer you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um and red man was very much like this like time for some action if you if you look at that video bro like because red man has like um like allergies and gets like a runny nose often so like in the video his first video time for some action he has these napkins sticking out of his nose <laughs> throughout the video <laughs> and, and, but then like i've been there like, i've been yeah, there but then he, he's rapping his hardcore shit and dudes are like throwing guns in the video you know what i mean and it's like right. um you know and, and then like tonight's tonight it's like a real smooth isaac hayes sample you know what i mean and this is what i'm talking about how like he can take something he can take that production and give it a completely different feel just by his approach you know what I'm saying? Because tonight's the night starts off smooth. I thought it was going to be smooth. I was like, shit, like yeah. look at Redman on some. Yeah, he's got that smooth jam going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like, it was like, no, fuck that shit. We're getting that street shit. And he was like, Tech Nine by the waistline, ready to, yo, come on. And then it was, yeah. you know, it was, <laughs> yo, it was I'm so glad you guys cool. brought that song up and that part, really you know? Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the, ew, yo, yo, Redman, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing i thought about that song because i was going right. you know when i do these i try to listen to the record a bunch you know and absorb yeah. it and try to think about what are the shit that that part sticks out but i was like why does this stick out to me because mm-hmm. exactly what you said it's sort of like this weird meta like mm-hmm. commentary about himself about doing this record yeah. about what people think about him doing this and what 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 would it be like for the people he knows if he drops this like laid back slow jam mm-hmm. <laughs> and tries right. to be smooth you know mm-hmm. um and i just thought like that's that's something that i noticed on this record i mean a lot of records that come out a lot of like hip hop and rap records that come out around this time have this they have a playfulness and like yeah. yo it's playful. It's like it's not always self-serious. But what mm-hmm. I what I think, what I've come to, because like I didn't realize this when I was young, like the goof songs, like when you get to the end of this record and there's, you know, Super Lover interview, you know, a day mm-hmm. of Superman Lover. Like, yo, it's funny, but it's also fun and it's silly and playful. Mm-hmm. But about the music, no, it's dead serious. And they're right. playing with the form. They're playing with what they can do. And it's like... I think this record, I mean, especially does that all over the place. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's like five songs on this record that I just think are like undeniable and like, whoa, tonight's tonight's the night is one of them. And yo, you know what I love about tonight's the night, like on the hook, like, cause so okay, like black people, we do some shit called snapping. I don't know if y'all know about that. It's like uh, we they used to call it the dozens back in the day. This shit, and it's like um, snapping. It's like you go back and forth dissing each other. Like, yo, you like, you know, yeah, you talk okay. about how ugly somebody is, your mother's this or whatever. If you listen to Tonight's yeah. the Night on the hook, he's doing that. You know what I mean? It's like exactly what you're saying. Like, yo, he's he's kind of making fun of himself. You know what I mean? And throughout yeah. the album, he has <laughs> sure. this thing about Reggie Noble versus Redman. So I'm, from my perspective, the hook is Reggie Noble and Redman snapping on each other. You know what I mean? If you listen to oh, it, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The hook is just all night. The um, the Mary Jane girl sample. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. underneath that is him just talking shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, just breaking that's balls. Dope. Yeah, yeah kind, and kind of at himself. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is so sick. I love yeah. it. But the wild thing is too is that, that um um the sample, the Mary Jane girl sample, goes so beautiful with the with the Isaac Hayes beat. See, I didn't know about the Isaac Hayes sample back then. I literally thought they they sampled like a remix of that song, the Mary Jane Girls, um, All Night Long. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how perfect that shit fits into that um, that beat, too. Yeah. Yeah, Shit. I think there's a lot that could be said about, about, about that side of the production. It's just how, like, and it's different now. It's, it was different then than it is now. You know what I mean? It's amazing to think about what you can do when you sit on a MacBook and what you could drop drop tracks, you know, and weave. But but what was being done back then, it's just incredible because it's, you know, I think it's something people should think about music is, is listen to this and and try to, you know, deconstruct it, pull it mm-hmm. apart and think mm-hmm. about the person who was like, yo, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this and this and I'm going to overlay it right here. They're doing that in their head. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, that's such a next level amazing thing. Like it's, I'm getting, I, I you know, I get crazy when I think about yeah. somebody being able to do that. It's you awesome. Know, it's different. It was different because back then studio, I mean, studio, uh, labels had bigger budgets, right? So like these cats would spend yeah. all day in the studio, like, you know, or like three days straight in the studio. You know what I mean? So it's like, all they're doing is devoting all that time to creativity and coming up with shit on the spot. And they got this room locked to themselves. Um, or, or like they've been thinking about these things. Like he talked, cause at this time he's actually living with um, Eric Sermon, which is uh, one of the guys from EPMD. So he's living out in Long Island mm-hmm. with this dude and he's taking long trips on the LRR, uh, the, the path train, the subway. He's just riding through the tri-state and it's like, he's, coming up with concepts as he's on these long train rides and shit. And then he gets to the studio and he's spending like hours upon hours at the studio coming up with concepts. Um, If you're signed to a label today, God forbid, you're not getting budgets like that to That's spend not the case. that much yeah. time in the studio to do all <laughs> no, that. No way. And if you do have like no. a, your own kind of studio thing, it's probably your home or something. And there's probably things that are going to distract mm-hmm. you maybe. if You know what I mean? Like, But if you're like away from home, locked in a creative space, 
and you have to devote all that time to just being creative. Yeah. And you do that about like, um, like three days straight every other week. You know what I mean? You're gonna come up with some yep. shit. You know? Now I've heard uh, I've heard um, some musician friends that I know that were on a major label in the '90s always refer to it as the fat '90s. You know, just <laughs> there, was, there was there was always money for everything at that point. But uh, other thing I wanted to say the the other track similar to um, tonight's the night. Um, I think that moment is my favorite on the record, but the the moment that I feel like kind of distills Redman's total, like his whole vibe for me is the song I'm a Bad, where it yeah. switches to the techno like yep. bit. Cause it's like 15 seconds of like super tough, you know, straightforward delivery. And yep. then it's like juxtaposed with like this total goofball shit. Yeah. You know, and like for me, I, I feel like that's like his entire essence in like 15 seconds. Yeah. No, well, that's not techno. That's actually um, Miami uh, bass music. He's a, he, like, like, like. You um, know like, better than me. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's like Miami, like, kind of like Luke Campbell, like, like, like face down, ass up. That's the way we like to fuck. Like, that's how the beat, that's how yeah. that rhythm yeah, 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 yeah. And he was kind of yeah. like, yo, I do what the fuck I want. You know what I mean? He just gets on that. And then he does that to show you, just to right. play around, but still show you. He gets. He doesn't skip a beat. Gets right back to where he left off, and it's seamless. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is seamless, yo. Like completely different. Yeah, BPM no, it's great. And everything and just gets right back into mm-hmm. it. Yo. Shit is ill. So like, um, the, uh, blow your mind when he goes into Korean. That was always my oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> he just starts rhyming in Korean for no reason. Yeah, it's good. So like. I'm going to take a step back here. So I feel like, and again, like I'm not super in touch with what's going on in hip hop currently. I just kind of mm-hmm. keep tabs, but I've seen recently over the last couple of years, like newer rappers kind of talking shit on the older generation. Mm-hmm. I don't think Redman's got involved in that mm-hmm. really, but I'm thinking about like little Zan was talking shit on like Tupac. Um, mm-hmm. Someone, I forget who it was, was talking shit on T.I., you know, like, it seems like there's a lot of that happening, or at least there was. I mean, do you think that younger generations, like, have any, do they even know who Redman is, I guess? Is he even, like, on the map at this point? Man, um, you know, I really don't know. But the thing is, it's like, he embraces them. I know that, like, because I've heard him in interviews say, like, yo, like, you know, like, when he first came out, like, with what the album like the um the older generation of hip hoppers didn't embrace him. Um, but the difference was was that like right. it was more of a thing like, okay, we're new, we're different from you and we gotta prove ourselves, um, versus um where it's like now, like these kids don't feel the need to prove themselves and the older generation isn't really wholesaling rejecting them, you know. Like there was a period where um yeah. the media was hyping that up. But, like, a lot of older cats weren't really on that. Like, you know, you do have some dudes that's like, yo, like, this new music is weird. It's space shit. And, you know, sometimes it can be true. But um, Redman is one of the cats that was actually embracing um, the newer generation. And he didn't even seem to care that um, that they knew who he was. Because, again, Redman, from the jump, has never been about ego. 
You know what I'm saying? Like he's never like that. That that was just that time he came up in. Like you, you just gotta show your show and prove your skill. Fuck your ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, right. so, and that's what yeah. he wants to see out the younger generation. You know, like I, he said something that I thought uh, should have happened. Um, he said that like, yo, Def Jam as much work as he put in in Def Jam, as many records as he sold, and as much money as he made Def Jam, he should be an executive in that motherfucker. You know what I mean? He should have been an A and R or some shit. Sure. You know what I mean? Like because this guy, like he was raw talent himself. You know, and you yeah. see that on that on this album, and 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 he clearly understands yeah. the creative process. You know what I mean? Um, I think that a guy like him to be put in a position where he could mentor younger artists, I think he'd be the perfect dude to do it. You know what I mean? I think he'd be the perfect dude to do it because he's still that like funny, dynamic rapper. You know, he's still the kind of cat that like throws the ego out the window when it comes to um, his style. He's still rooted in his community. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if y'all ever saw the infamous MTV Cribs commercial he had where he was oh, showing yeah. up his house in Newark and, yep. and the bell wasn't working and he had to rub the shit to get the copper the wires. Two, uh, yeah, the two wires, yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Like, you know, like, that's how real that dude is, man. He didn't even know, like, MTV Cribs was going to pull up like that. He improvised that. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's the kind of cat that he is, man. And um, and like I think that like um, you know, like I think that uh, he would be a like if if these young dudes was like if any one of these young dudes was like yo, Red Man was a big influence on me coming up. I think that he would probably mm-hmm. take that cat under the wing. I don't know for sure, but I'm, I think he'd be the type of dude that would like actually reach out and be like, y'all appreciate that. Holla at me. You know sure. What I mean? So, so I had a question for you, Al and, and Pete mm-hmm. too. You guys can both give opinions. One, this isn't the question part, but I think you're probably right regarding and what he said. He's right. <clears throat> And I think it's something you see in certain spots, you know, like I think you see it in some sports, you know, like mm-hmm. um, oh, basketball. A big basketball fan. You end up seeing you see players go into they go into media, they go into coaching, they go into the front office, they're scouting and they're kind of like, OK, yo, you are a big part of this organization. You're going to be a part of what we do going forward. You know, we're going to kind of we, we're going to reward you for being a part of our team, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it keeps that. I don't think I don't see that happening that often in in music, but in hip hop for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I I think that's kind of sad. I, I've actually yeah. you know like on the rock side of things, I've seen that where where dudes are cut real quick like that too, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where yep. they're doing records with a label, they have some hits, and then things start tailing off and they're cut. And you know, yeah. for some of these guys they're not going anywhere and and you know clearly they were talented musicians they got all this stuff and they're just out yeah man i mean the thing is that yeah. you know unfortunately we 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 we're, we're creating underneath capitalism you know what i'm saying and and when you're doing that yeah. um whatever product you have is just a commodity you know what i mean it's disposable yeah, that's right the moment is no longer selling the no, the moment is no longer relevant it's disposable and sadly, I mean, this really began with like, 
you know, yeah. the practice of like, you know, traditionally, like, like I, I'm, I'm saying, had they been fair to like the black artists in the past that started like blues and rock and roll and all of that, if, if they started sure. from that point by not yeah. treating them disposable, um, I think through time we would have saw better treatment of all artists, man. Because like, I mean, like, um, you know, they, they like, like these people. A lot of these people that that were in the industry, a lot of them didn't even have real knowledge of the music that they were selling and that they were pushing, and had no real love. No, for they it. were making they were making art. They didn't realize the business yeah. side of it. Yeah, like the right. few, like the few guys at that time that like really gave a fuck and, and really understood the shit, like Dante Ross and your um, Rick Rubens and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, like those types um, st- stood out. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. yeah, like the ones that just didn't give a fuck. Like, they, I mean, those are the ones that dominate the industry. You know? But I think that's one thing I like about yeah. today is that like. Um, your art, if if you own your art directly, because labels are becoming obsolete, and if you own your yeah. art directly that you produce, it's no longer disposable. It's no longer just a commodity. It's only a commodity if you treat it like it's a commodity. And that means, and when I say you treat it like a commodity, from my standpoint, that's when you're chasing gimmicks. That's when you're um, yeah. just trying to ride whatever wave, not be a... Like, you know, just like... You're just not approaching yeah. it with the kind of love and sincerity that like a red man would to what the album. You know? Sure. So, well yeah. put. I really like the way you said that. Um, my question for both of you is what would the reception let's just pretend, let's get in the, the, the hypothetical machine here. If this record came out today, twenty twenty. What would it be? What would the reception would be? Would it, would people be like, "Oh shit, this is cool"? Would it would it be totally out of? Because in my head, this is so sonically, it's so different than what's going on right now in hip hop. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. You want, you want um, again, I don't really, I don't, I, I don't really have a read, I guess, on like what's happening nowadays <laughs> in that way. But I think that. Like, like would, no, no, I mean, but like, I guess, would it have been as big as it was at the time? I don't think at all. I think that this would be like an underground sensation, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would like, you know, make it to the, I don't think it would sell the way that it sold in 92, you know? Well, right. Um, there's, there's like different market conditions that impact that too. But, but yeah, even, yeah, even sure. to scale, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that like. I don't know. Um, I think I think a lot of people would pay attention. I think a lot of like like people that know you know the history of hip hop and stuff would be like, oh, this is like this total '90s throwback album, you know, that's right. like actually really sick. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I I don't know that he'd like make it into the mainstream the way that he did. Yeah, man. Um, I think you hit it on the head because like you do got people like um, like there's these guys from upstate New York, Buffalo, uh, Griselda. And like a whole slew of rappers that are yeah. making kind of like that traditional sound. Um, but as far as like if this album came out, like people would like, I think you're right. People would be like, oh shit, this is like a sick thing. I think a casual listener of hip hop would find it as something um, 
like funny and entertaining, but not something that they would necessarily take too serious and give heavy rotation. But I think if they even found it, it. Yeah. But I think if you're like a young dude, like maybe say like late teens, early twenties and like you, cause there's a lot of mm-hmm. these kids, um, particularly on like in the tri-state, like where they actually like hip hop. And, um, I think yeah. they would fuck with it. I think they would fuck with it. You know what I mean? I think they would love the references. I think they would love the, um, the wordplay. Um, yeah, I think there's a slew of kids, yep. these like, you know, like music nerds or whatever, they will fuck with it. But um, yeah, 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 I think you're right, Pete. And one thing I did want to say when that uh, I yeah. forgot to say when the album did drop, it sold half a million copies, but he was supposed to sell more. Well, um, EPMD broke up and the Hit Squad broke up in the middle of his run for this album. So he had to do all the promotion, like in shows and shit himself. So he didn't have like a big tour like Das Effects and the other Hit Squad members had at that time. So even going gold, that didn't even meet his expectation at that time. So let's. I want to take a step back and like talk about the actual album. We've we've kind of circled around it a lot. Yeah. So give your run through individually of you know as an album. Is there anything that you change about it? You know, like, nope. like Al, just, 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 for, just for context for you, like, <laughs> I guess you gave your answer away, but yeah, Bob and I usually kind of go, go through track by track. I don't think we have to do it here, but just like kind of your general feeling on like, you know, if there's anything you change about it. So I guess for you, it's a no. <laughs> Bob, what yeah. do you think? Yo, so, so let me let me get in, and we can talk. I, I want to hit some spots here because it's fun. Um, I think it starts so strong. I fr- think the first three, four songs are just like great way to open. If it's your first, if it's your introduction to Red Man, man you're really getting you're getting to know him and getting to know what you're in for in a cool way, in an up tempo way. You drop. It's kind of like being dropped. F- you're jumping in the pool. You're not like walking down the steps, you know? Right. Rated R is like top track to me. I love it. I, I think my favorite songs are Rated R, Blow Your Mind, I really like. Uh, I really I like I'm a Bad. <laughs> um, I like... I, I like How to Roll a Blunt and Day of Superman Lover. I think those are funny. <laughs> um, only song that, that... The only song... And yo, honestly... Encore is real fun. And it's like <laughs> funky way to end this. The record, I was like, yo, this is cool. The record f- is a little like, yo, Al, one of the things me and Pete go for, we're, we're short music guys. We're like, oh, man, <laughs> these records are long. This record for a record that's 51 minutes is 51 mm-hmm. minutes. That's long. Mm-hmm. It's not that long for a hip hop album. That, no, that well, well, it's not. And I also think there's different flow to it. Yeah, well, that's that, typical, right? There's yeah. there's a flow to it. That's sort of why there's breakups. There's like these different narrative parts that you're following mm-hmm. along. So oh, it's almost oh. episodic in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the song "Watch Your Nuggets" is not the best. <laughs> I would cut that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. <laughs> Funky uncles, I actually like. Uh, Red Man meets Reggie Noble. Funny little thing there. Um, there's a couple tracks I'd cut, but. Yeah, right. Like, there's a couple tracks I'd cut, but like the only one that really stands out that's like, yeah, I don't really care about it is Watch Your Nuggets. For me, 
Watching Nuggets is the weak song. I would cut that. I mean, the big thing, though, a lot of hip hop albums at the time that I'm familiar with, at least, there's always those skits. Yep. You know, there's like a lot of them a lot of the time. Um, this one, none of the skits bothered me. I feel like they all like kind of play a part in the in the theme of the record and like the flow of it. So like that was cool because that's always something that I'm like, uh, like, again, I always want records to be like half an hour maximum. Yeah. Um, and usually with hip hop albums, I'd find like at least 10 minutes of like fluff that I just like don't need, you know? Yeah. So, so I was happy with that. I think it's 51 minutes, but it really doesn't feel like 51 minutes. No, it, like, it almost, doesn't. Every time I listen to it, it flew by. Um, the songs like really, really seamlessly go into one another. There's like a really great flow to the whole thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. My favorite songs, um, Time for Some Action, So Rough, Rated R, Jam For You, Tonight's The Night, probably. No, Tonight's The Night is good, too, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Before so we get like, to Al, I want to... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, so, th- I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I'm sure there's, like, one or two other tracks that I would cut. I, I I can't really think of them off the top of my head, but overall, it's, like, A-, minus. I'd say. Like, it's, like, nearly yeah. a perfect... This is a really record. good record. It's really... It's pro- of the records we've done, it's the one that I was... You know, like I said, it was a record I, re- I was... F- familiar is not the right word but recognized is the right word i think and uh i I really i think it'll be in rotation now and it's it's a fun one and about the skits i think it's underrated and something that i was real into when i was young Mm -hmm. but there were good ones and there were bad ones and there were ones that you could feel it and like that i'd listen to every time through and there's ones that i'd skip 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 you know right Mm -hmm. and this record it makes me think a lot about the same thing I was saying about the flow, the wordplay, the beats. The skits feel well, like well thought out. They feel like there was a lot of effort and energy put into the idea and like where it's going to be and how it's going to be in the record. I don't know. I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, Al, give us some thoughts here. <laughs> like as far as the length for the album and the skits, you're going to want to thank uh, De La Soul and Ice Cube for that. Because, um, you know, De La Soul was the first ones to do skits on Three Feet High and Rising in 1989. And then um, and Ice Cube continued on with that formula. And they were the only ones that I know of from the early 90s that had albums that were that long and had that many skits and, and had, you know. And Redman um, was like the third person that I know of to um, to incorporate that. You know what I mean? Like, um, into his album. And that's why I said, like, yo, like, his album feels to me like an East Coast version of an Ice Cube album. Less conscious, though. So Rough is, like, the only real conscious song on it. Um, but, like, he, his his album is, 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 um, is, is, like, a East Coast version of that with the production, the sound, the length, and the concept of, like, using the skits to tell a story kind of, or, or to give a certain feel leading up yeah. to the song. Um, yeah, man. Like, like, and in my joint, my joints on here, yo, time for some action. When yeah. I used to hear that shit, I would yeah. lose my shit. Once I hear that time for some, time for some, <laughs> like, yo, bro, I would lose my shit. It's a um, really strong opener. 
Yeah, yeah man. Uh, fucking um, yeah. Rated R was dope. Uh, you're right. I I probably would get get rid of a Watcho Nuggets. I like Hardcore. Hardcore is actually um, oh yeah, um, a remake of 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 his EP of an EPMD feature he did, and like he expounds upon it and he's going through. Like, cause the original verse was just him going through the R's, talking about his name. But then in this one, he's going through like all these different letters and shit. And I thought that was dope. Um, Blow your mind is ill, just simply because of the Korean, like uh, flipping it in Korean. Yeah, I, I love um, yeah. Red Man meets uh, Reggie Noble. Like, I thought that shit was so like ill, like how they were going back and forth, and the beat itself was so like like lush or whatever um tonight's the night oh my god that's one of my favorite hip-hop songs period um how to roll a blunt um superman lover yeah. like yeah man the, those songs story, at the end like there's mm-hmm. so much personality oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot and like there's just a lot of bangers on this album and it's funny because it's like some of the songs off this album became popular later you know what i mean like like um i think when he kept doing the superman lover series cuz he kept he kept it going you know and um throughout yeah. his albums and I, and i think that made people want to revisit the first one how to roll a blunt that became more popular after the how high soundtrack came out in like 2000 you know on that pete rock produced right, that yeah. one yeah so right. um I yeah forgot, man i forgot like, that that came out on there and too oh my god yeah 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 man like he there was just so um so yeah and and that's how and, and that's how like that's how the album stands the test of time like it didn't have the impact it should have had when it first came out even though it was like commercial success but like the lasting impact like it it was one of them joints that just like that it stood the test of time and people found themselves just revisiting it revisiting it revisiting it you know what i mean you could throw on tonight's yeah. night um somewhere and like you know with the right crowd you know people will start rapping that shit line for line you know yeah right. Al, uh, yo, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Um, yeah, no doubt. We ha- we've had a couple guests on, but so far you're 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 my favorite. Um, <laughs> what if we were to ask you to do one more record from New Jersey with us? What would it be? Oh my Anything god! Anything you want, yo. By someone from New uh, Jersey, obviously. Yo, I mean, fuck. I would probably say <laughs> I'll either, put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> I would probably I would probably say either. Um, Cause I, it's a couple of them. Like I, I could say "Naughty by Nature" nineteen ninety three. I could say uh, Queen Latifah "Black yeah. Rain." I could say um, Lauren Hill. Um, um, uh, um, yeah. the Miseducation. Fuji's the score. Yeah. Uh, shit, I'm Haitian, so I'm biased towards the Fuji's. You pick one, and it's in the series. You you pick one. one. I, know, I think <laughs> this I is the start, so those? we're gonna have you there. Jesus no, Christ. No, 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 no. We'll keep it a no. secret right now. Oh, okay, you gotta okay. you gotta get back to Pete 
and let them know what what, yeah. what you want to do next, and we'll put you in the schedule. We want to do it. Oh um, man! We've got, there, just for the record, we've gotten lots of requests for most of those, especially the yeah. Fuji's. I think yeah, might be the, yeah. the most requested. Yeah. So, yeah, Al, uh, is there any music right now that you would say, hey, if you're a fan of Redman or if you're a fan of hip hop from this era or mm-hmm. just anything at large, is there anything you'd recommend people check out new music, newer stuff? Yeah, man. Um, check out, definitely check out like um, uh, the Griselda dudes, West Side Gun, um, and all of them. The Locks just dropped something recently. Um, I, I, I would definitely say, yo, like, um, Really look out for like uh uh Jesus Christ ah man there's um Rim the villain he's he he's really dope um he he's a Brooklyn dude um yeah man damn I'm trying to think who else oh Makami from Newark New Jersey um and Fahim the God yeah Makami okay he's he's got this really like weird offbeat thing. But it's like so dope, and sometimes he'll rap in like Creole and everything. Yeah, man, really? I would say um, uh, definitely check him out. All right, nice. Yeah. All right, All right guys. I think that might be it. Um, I think Al, the only uh, yeah. I was gonna ask a movie about. Or I was oh, gonna ask. Oh. I, was, I was gonna ask a question about uh, Red Man's movies, but I don't know. Have you guys seen? <laughs> Seed of Chucky or Nutty Professor Two? <laughs> I've seen neither of those, unfortunately. Um, wait, I know. Seed, I heard Seed of Chucky is supposed to be dope. Seed of, Seed of Chucky is actually really fun. Nutty Professor Two, I don't think I've ever seen. And I don't I've think I've seen it either. I've definitely seen How High, but it's been a long time. <laughs> Should we? All right, so maybe this will be our assignment: is that Al, you gotta you gotta pick out a record for us. You get Pete Bang. in on that. We'll we'll set it up and and we'll try to. We'll try to watch either Nutty Professor Two or <laughs> or See to Chucky and, and go from there. We'll pick one of those. We'll, we'll review the Yo, movie at the same time. All right. Check. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Matter of fact, I know what the album what what album I'm down to do. If you ain't got nobody to do it, I know which one it would be. Let's hear it. Oh, the score. Fuji's the score. It's 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 yeah. lock it in. We'll oh, do shit. it coming no, in wait. the future. Artifacts awesome. though. Wait, I'm bugging. Artifacts <laughs> between a rock and a hard place. Yo, it's either between artifacts or Fuji's. I'm sorry. I got I gotta I can't. I can't. No, no. it's good. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do one and then we'll do the other one after. So yeah. we'll do we'll word, do a series. Word. Um Pete, where can where can you find us on social media? Social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at it came from NJ Pod. And then you can email us at uh, it came from njpod at gmail.com. Um, and again, we really appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. It's really awesome to hear, you know, your thoughts on not only the episodes, but like, you know, requests for future episodes and all that good stuff. Yeah. And, emails, uh, comments, stories, your stories with any of these records. We love it. We'll share it. We, we're going to do a couple more of those episodes where we just talk about what we're hearing. Um, that's fun. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, man. Oh, I want to plug in uh, my handles. Is it, is it cool if I yeah. plug in my handles? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yo, get man, out, yeah, of course. Yo, yo, yo. Sure, yeah. Everybody <laughs> follow out. Yo, yeah, check me out, man. Um, unique underscore noise with a Z. That's unique underscore N-O-I-Z-E on Instagram. Love awesome. to hear it. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thanks,